Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On today's episode, we are talking spring football. The Wolverines wrapped up their spring practice schedule with a scrimmage on Saturday. We discussed key takeaways from spring and where things stand heading into summer. Aaron, welcome back from vacation. Uh, now, now Andrew's on vacay, so another two-man pod today. But that's okay because it's going to be a football-only podcast recapping the, the spring session, which culminated in a spring game on Saturday. And no media or fans were, were invited to attend. But regardless, let's let's get your thoughts on, on the spring, Aaron. Yeah, I, I guess we'll tackle that spring game first. Uh, obviously, none of us were allowed inside. Uh, they just let family and friends of players and, and coaches in. So it was real limited attendance. There were some other workers allowed in, and I, I had a couple of moles there that told me what, what was going on. You know, didn't get a ton of details, but we, as I reported, I think, on, on Twitter, J, you know, J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara were your two starting quarterbacks for the two separate teams. Not a surprise. I mean, Cade McNamara seemed to be the front-runner quarterback you know, pretty much the whole spring. I'm not surprised, but you know, is it noteworthy that JJ was the other starting quarterback? I was told Kay looked pretty good. He was named a game MVP. He played well. His team won. You know, I, I, obviously we don't get st- we don't stats or anything of the like, but uh, clearly he he played well. Um, I think that's a good sign heading into the offseason, given the quarterback situation. But obviously, there's, there's a long way to go. I was told that Andrew Anthony looked very good, especially for being a true freshman. I was told that I don't think Aiden Hutchinson did not play. So it sounds like he's still he's still dealing with injuries. Uh, Donovan Edwards looked impressive. Blake Corum looked really good. So that's that's a good sign for some of these young playmakers that I think Michigan's going to need to depend on going into the summer. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, obviously, JJ McCarthy has drawn a, a lot of attention here this spring. But again, he he's only a true freshman. And and even Josh Gaddis on on the podcast with John Jansen here recently said. Yeah, I mean, he's had his freshman moments. He's shown flashes, but there's also been uh, a lot of freshman moments as he's, he's learning this offense. So, uh, again, it's hard to put a lot of expectations on, on a young kid uh, coming in, learning the new offense for the first time. Um, so it, it's good to hear that Kate's kind of maybe taking that that next step because right now it does look like he's leading, and we'll see what happens when, when Alan Bowman enters the fray here this summer. But Michigan needs good quarterback play next year, or at least – a little bit slightly above average if they're going to be able to turn around their uh, their record because last year wasn't great. I mean, obviously, Cade showed some flashes, but uh, need more consistent play from there. And and yeah, I, I agree with with the young guys with with Blake Corum and, and Donovan Edwards and even Andrew Anthony. I mean, he was the, the lowest rated of the, of the three receivers they brought in. But if he can turn out to be a nice little prospect and deliver some uh, some big plays, I mean that. Remember, they they Michigan stole him right from from East Lansing's backyard. So kind of a, a double whammy there if he's able to to pan out. But uh, yeah, agree with uh, those assessments, and we'll we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, when the quarterback situation, I think is crucial because you know Cade needs. I think he needed a full off season of being maybe the guy and going through spring practice and going through the you know the typical off season to kind of work his way into the starting role. Because remember, coming into last year. You know, he was the the second, third guy in the, on the pecking order. You know, he wasn't projected to be the guy. He kind of had to work his way into it. Now, you know, I think he was helped a little bit by Joe Milton uh, struggling last year. But, you know, he's now, I think, looked at as the, as the top guy at this point. He knows that. 
Um, he's, he was able to enter spring practice and start that way. And, and I think that that's crucial here. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to end up being the star in the fall. I mean, you mentioned Alan Bowman. I think he's going to come in and he's going to compete right away. I think that's the goal of bringing him in is to a, you know, add depth and, and someone who has starting experience, but he, someone who can challenge Cade McNamara. So, so Cade doesn't, you know, going to go into fall camp, go into the season with, you know, the idea that I got the job no matter what, because I don't think that, that, you know, I don't, that's the last thing Jim Harbaugh wants that he likes competition. He said that before he's done this before he's brought in transfer quarterbacks. So it's, it's not going to be easy for him, but at the same token, I think this, this going through the, the whole schedule, the process, the camps, I think is is crucial for Cade McNamara going into this year because, you know, let, let's be real here. If Michigan wants to be decent to good this year, the offense has to carry the load. And if the offense has to carry the load, you know, the quarterback is crucial here. So they need someone who can perform, you know, under the lights, who can who can who can move the offense. And, and look, Cade showed bright spots last year. He showed situ, you know situations where he could do that. Uh, and now he's going to put it together and, and and do a full season of it. So that's where I think that's that's the most important part there. For sure. And, and let's talk a little bit about who's going to be protecting the quarterback next year. Uh, Ryan Hayes, uh, left tackle, spoke with media last week and kind of gave a little, some some hints into who's been running with uh, the ones in, in spring practice and mentioned that he, he's at left tackle with, with Trevor Keegan at, at left guard and Andrew Vistardis back for, it seems like his like eighth year now at, at Michigan. Uh, returning that center. And then Zach Zinter, who showed some promises, a true freshman last year, he's at right guard. And then, of course, Andrew Stuber, the veteran at right tackle. Uh, obviously, uh, Chuck Filiaga is a notable uh, omission there, but uh, he's still with the team. And I'm sure he'll be in competition for a starting role, too. And then there's, uh, he also mentioned some death guys that, uh, uh, or at least Josh Jadis did, who's been kind of showing some progress here in spring with Nolan Rumler, Trent A. Jones, and, and even Carson Barnhart. So we'll, we'll see how things shake out, but that's looking, that's what, where things are looking at right now at, in, during, uh, during spring heading into summer. I really, and I think I've said this in the podcast, you know, maybe a month ago and I've written it. I know I've written on MLive.com. I'm really high in this offensive line this year. They got, you got a more experienced bunch that you got some talented guys. you got some depth. So I think the offensive line could be really good. My big question mark going into this year is what do they do with Willie Allen, the graduate transfer from Louisiana Tech, former tackle there. He was an honorable mention all-conference USA selection. He sat out last year to transfer in. So he's, it's been a couple of years since he's really played football. But he's got I think he's got one-year eligibility left. Well, where do they fit him in here? Now, he was a transfer here on, in under Ed Warner. I don't know if that impacts his status or not. But, you know, given the fact that Michigan has kind of solidified the two tackle spots because – you know, barring injury, I don't think Andrew Stuber is going anywhere. I don't think Ryan Hayes is going anywhere. So what do you do with Willie Allen? You know, it's a question that really hasn't been asked yet at the coaching staff. We haven't really got an opportunity to ask it. He is practicing with the team. He enrolled early in January, so he's involved. But, you know, whether he's a depth piece or whether they they split reps or whether he maybe beats out someone for a starting job, that is my biggest question mark. Now, I wondered, you know, given his size, he's listed at, let me find it here. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, he's almost like got the guard size. So yeah, he's listed at 6'6, 343. Um, comparatively speaking, you know, you've got Andrew Stuber at 6'7, 339. So he he he's got more of a the tackle, it's a big tackle body. But you know, keep in mind Andrew Stuber's been playing guard. So to me, Will Willie Allen, they could almost fit him in at guard if they wanted to. Now I don't know how much experience he has playing the position and whether he's comfortable doing it, but I almost feel like you know he'd be he'd be a potential fit to start at guard. But again, I don't know what that situation is. It hasn't been asked yet. I'm curious to know. 
Um, but to me, from an offensive line standpoint, I think that's your biggest storyline going into to summer camp, where he fits in and, and how they plan to utilize him. Yeah, I definitely do think they have depth at the tackle and guard positions. The one thing that concerns me is at center. I mean, I don't think Andrew Vistardis has shown he's an above average center here at the college level. I mean, he's a former walk-on. And then behind him, we found out that uh, true freshman Greg Crippen, a four-star from IMG Academy in Florida, is now the backup and number two center. So uh, not a, a whole lot of depth there but yeah at the other positions I, I think you 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 have a lot of pieces you can build around but it will be interesting to see how how the center play translates this this year yeah uh, Reese Atterbury was talked about quite a bit last year by Ed Warner uh they liked to the, his you know his potential and everything else now he's only a sophomore so he's got time um but yeah it appears like he's he's fallen to three in the depth chart at, at center um I think Vistaros will be fine uh, you know he's he's been around a while so I think he, he knows the game he, he it's all about, and he, he was able to develop some, I think, chemistry with, with uh, Kate McNamara last year. But again, you know, I, I'd rather take a veteran there, there than maybe a young guy with a high ceiling that could potentially screw up because I think the offensive line is going to be so key to this offense this year um, with, with a relatively inexperienced quarterback, with you got, you got some younger running backs, you need protection up front, both in, in the passing game and in the run game. And I think um, if, you better you rather be safe than sorry with with your offensive line. So I think you want to go with the more experienced, dependable guys. They have a lot of that, uh, and that's why I think this offensive line can be so, so good. And and with how much has been talked about the the speed of, of these receivers, I mean they they need time to get open. I mean there there's a lot of still inexperience with with some of these younger guys, and they're gonna they're they're gonna need that that time to get open and, and utilize that speed. So yes, the more protection that that the quarterback can get to give it to them, the, the better. So last year they did not have that, and and the whole unit kind of struggled. So we'll we'll see if they can take a, a step forward in, in that regard. And yeah, I mean we mentioned this last week or before that without Giles Jackson, there's going to be some more, uh, more opportunities for, for the younger guys and, and still kind of seeing how, how things fit in. I mean, right now you can probably pencil in Ronnie Bell's to, to be on the field most of the time is the number one, but uh, again, you're, you're going to need some of these other guys to, to take a step forward, whether that's Cornelius Johnson and Mikey Sandra still two other guys from that 2019 class or, or like the sophomores like AJ Henning and, and Roman Wilson Flashed a little bit last year with, with their speed, but need to be more consistent. And then, and then it'll be interesting to see what, what they do with Xavier Worthy. He wasn't able to, to enroll early, but uh, a lot of talent there who, who, who could play at the college level right away won't benefit from being able to be here this spring, but we'll see how quickly he can get up to speed and, and whether he sees the field at all early on next year. Yeah, I don't know if we touched on this much since it happened. I know I haven't talked about it. Maybe you have, but I was really surprised by the departure of, of Giles Jackson. You know, I there were rumors that a, that a receiver was considering leaving. I thought it was going to be Mike Sanders still, just because Mike kind of fell down the depth chart last year, didn't get a ton of looks, didn't get a ton of targets. Whereas Giles almost seemed like he was slowly moving up, not only at the receiver position, but obviously he kind of solidified a role in the kick returning game. Uh, so I, I, I'm still unclear as to what exactly happened there and why he's gone. Now, the, the receiver room is is a little bit more packed than it had been in previous years, at least among scholarship guys. You know, that was a, a point of emphasis Josh Gaddis made last year. They wanted more bodies in there. He wanted more guys he could depend on. And yes, it is, it is busier than usual. Um, a lot of young guys, as you kind of detailed and listed, 
Um, but I thought Giles had an opportunity to be kind of a, a big part of this, a big piece of this offense. I mean, it, it was almost made for a guy like him, uh, like I'm a slot guy who could, who, who was quick and, and good with good hands. And I think Giles has, Giles has it all. And I, I was kind of surprised to see his departure. Then again, I mean, it, it's the name of the game nowadays. College football guys are leaving left and right for different reasons. Um, you know, maybe better opportunity elsewhere. Um, but it was, it was really surprised to see him go. We have since kind of learned that he's, Planning to go to Washington. I think it sets up an interesting game potentially in this fall. Michigan to set the host Washington week two. It, now it remains unclear whether Giles is actually going to get to play. He probably will, but we're waiting on NCAA to finalize that one-time transfer rule. But it, it sets up an interesting matchup there in, in September. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was rumors last week that, that he had committed to uh, to Washington and then it sounded a little bit premature. So I asked him, he said he wasn't committed anywhere yet. So I tried to follow up once once he did announce on uh, on social media that he indeed transferred to Washington, but but didn't get a response back to kind of more as to what led to his, his transfer and, and why he, and how he ended up at Washington. But yeah, I agree. It was surprising, to, especially because of, of his impact on special teams. I mean, his kick return abilities was, I think was undervalued last year, even the last two years. I mean, he was a, he was a weapon on special teams for Michigan and now they're going to have to fill that role. And I, at this point, we don't really know who might be that, that primary kick returner uh, next year. I, I asked Mike Sanders this yesterday or last week when we talked to him and he's like, yeah, a bunch of guys have been practicing at, at that position, but didn't, he didn't really reveal many details as to who. So that's another thing to, to watch. I mean, not a huge, uh, huge deal, but it's definitely something to, to monitor here heading into summer and fall. Yeah. They've got some things to figure out in special teams. Uh, you know, they do have kickers back. So I think that's good. Uh, coordinator is still the same in Jay Harbaugh, but yeah, I mean, Jackson was a, yeah, that he was a weapon in special teams. He was becoming slowly becoming a weapon in the, in the receiver receiving core. But, you know, you start to wonder maybe if they have too many, too many receivers that are kind of just, you know, with so many receivers in the room, maybe it signaled to Jackson, Hey, maybe I'm not going to get the touches, the opportunities that maybe I would have you know, otherwise. So like, you know, you, you start to wonder, but either way he's gone. I mean, it's the name of the game nowadays. Guys are, guys are leaving a lot more often and for, for different reasons. And that's the right. And that's their, their motive. But I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on, on Michigan's receiving core. Like I said, they got a ton of guys back. You know, they got the top guy, top guy Ronnie Bell's back. They got some interesting younger guys coming in, like you mentioned, Xavier Worthy. I'm curious. I'm, I'm I can't wait to see him play. You know, we've heard so much about him, his speed, and everything else, and we'll see how quickly he can kind of develop under Josh Gaddis. And obviously, the the, the defense was a, a big talking point th- this spring with with new coordinator Mike McDonald and. I'm still unsure of exactly what what his defense is going to look like, but I know Andrew and I kind of spoke about this a little bit last week when, when you were gone. But uh, I mean, Taylor Upshaw gave a, a little bit of a hint as to uh, what uh, the their edge rushers might look like this year, playing more two point stance. Already gave themselves a, a nickname in, in the Reapers, and that group includes guys like Mike Morris, David Ojabo, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Braden McGrader, uh, Jalen Harrell. So, I mean, not a lot of experience there, um, but it's looking, it provides a little bit more context into what, what this defense might look like here next year. Yeah, that I, I, I watched that interview last week. Obviously, I wasn't present, but you know, it, sig- it signals to me that Michigan is probably experimenting more with a 3-4 front. Um, whether it's two defensive tackles and an end, and they move back and end to, you know, as like an outside linebacker. 
which makes sense. I mean, Mike McDonald, the new defensive coordinator, came from the Baltimore Ravens system who likes to use linebackers. They like to do the three or four fronts. They like to kind of change it up and play more zone. To me, it's not a surprise. I mean, they're going to try and change some things up, some some looks with some guys, add some responsibilities. And I, I think more or less, I think this is a good thing. I think it's going to take some pressure off of the defensive backfield because for so long under Don Brown, it was, you know, throw, throw four, five, six guys, seven guys at the quarterback and let the defensive backfield kind of hang on it, you know, depend on itself. You know, they were on their own. They're one-on-one. They're on an island, whatever you want to say. Uh, and I think they're, this is going to give the defensive backs backfield some help. Now, I think it's going to change the way Michigan plays defense. I think you, you, you're going to see probably, you know, more teams get bigger, you know, chunk plays. I think you're going to have a little bit more difficult trying time trying to stop the run. But I think it also forces you to create more turnovers. And that was a knock against Don Brown's defense. There just weren't a ton of turnovers. There weren't a ton of interceptions. And this, I, I think this more zone three, four front emphasis on the linebackers can help create that and, and, and maybe perhaps change the result of Michigan's defense. We'll see. I, I do think it's going to be a transition. I don't think this is going to change overnight. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. That being said, I think if they can kind of establish and you know the base, how they want to play, get guys you know acclimated in the defense and begin to recruit that way, I think you know it, it'll be a it'll be a welcome refresh. I think for Michigan fans who, I rightfully so, you know, grew frustrated at what Don Brown was throwing out there, you know, week after week with with relatively little you know a few tweaks. So I, I think it's a good thing. I'm not surprised to hear that. I will. I'm curious to see. You know, I will be curious to see Aiden Hutchinson with his hand up and how he kind of alters changes that and everything else because he's he's a big dude uh, he is fast but he's he's not like josh uche speed where no. he can like rush the quarterback like you know like a bullet out of hell so we'll see it, it's going to be a change it's probably gonna take some time to take these guys used to playing this way but if, if they can if they can you know create some confidence and get things going i think it'll be it'll be interesting to, an interesting unit to watch yeah, when you think of Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, you think defensive end. You don't think you think hand in the dirt, coming off the edge and trying to get to that quarterback or stuffing the run off, off the edge. So it will will be in a little bit of adjustment. And one player that for me that I think could be intriguing this year is Braden McGregor. I mean, he was the the second highest ranked prospect in the 2020 class. Missed all last year because of injury, but a lot of upside. Sounds like he's healthy again and and with without much experience there in, in that room, um, may, maybe he can kind of make make some moves up, up the depth chart this year. So that's one one name I'll, I'll be looking at here uh, heading into the, the summer. Gregor reminded me a lot because I covered his recruitment and his, his you know, signing day and whatever. Um, but he, he reminded me a lot of a younger Aiden Hutchinson, just mm-hmm. the same body, same build, kind of the hand of the dirt defensive end. So we'll, we'll, I'm curious to see how they – they translate that, how they change, how they adapt him. Uh, he, like you said, he, he was injured most of last year, didn't get to play much. So we'll see how quickly he can rebound if he still has the same speed and, and get up that he had before in, in high school. Um, but yeah, he was he's one of the top rated recruits in that last year's recruiting class. So he's a, he's, a, he's a considered you know a good football player. Um, how he translates to Mike McDonald's. Defense remains to be seen. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do up front, how many defensive tackles they throw out there, what they do with the ends, like you mentioned. Um, because, look, they, they've got a couple of guys that can play. I mean, you you got Chris Hinton up there. 
Um, you got Donovan Jeter has been around a while. They're both really traditional defensive tackles, the type of guys that Michigan's kind of been lacking the last couple of years. Um, but they can find a third guy, whether it's Mozzie Smith or, or just that's the guy right there that, that needs, he needs to finally have that breakthrough because another highly touted guy out of high school hasn't showed much his first two years, but I mean, it's, it's his time now. And if, if he can emerge, that will be massive for, for the, the their missions defensive front. Yeah, and it would go a long way and I think, uh, bringing this new defense along. Because if you can get some big guys up front to kind of clog the middle and and stop the run game and open up holes for the the edge rushers, the defensive ends, the linebackers to kind of get off and, and get to the quarterback, I, I think uh, you'll, you'll see a, a successful defense. But again, it, they've got to they've build on what they have. Uh, they got to you know, get used to what they're doing because I can, I can assure you right now they're making a lot of mistakes and, and getting confused and, and the like, and that's all part of the process. Uh, but we'll see how quickly they can adapt and kind of get things down this, this fall. Yeah, that, that, that home open or that season opener is going to come quickly than, than we, uh, we all think. So we'll, we'll see. Let's, let's wrap up here with, with the secondary. Um, decent amount of experience returning there. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think because the, the two safeties coming back are, are very good. You know, Dax and help Brett Hawkins. They can hold their own. They're fine. They looked they looked, I'll be honest, at times last year, I thought they looked lost. And I, I think that was just because of the pressure that teams were putting on, on Michigan in the passing game. You, you had a pair of brand new cornerbacks who were struggling, not able to keep up the defenders, missing assignments and the like. And I think it really reverberated to the safeties. Now with this new defense, like I said, that's kind of alleviating some of that pressure. They're putting more guys in the, over the middle of the field, more linebackers, dropping the defensive ends back. I think that can help the safeties. And, and by and by extension, help the corners. Now, I, you know, I, I'm torn on the corners because I think they, they could be good. I think they were thrown out there just way too early last year. And, I, and I'm not blaming anyone. I mean, that's kind of what Michigan had. They didn't have much else to go off of. You had departures, you had guys hurt, you guys sit out, whatever the case may be. But they, they really need to bring those cornerbacks along. Jamon Green, I thought, got better as last year went on. Still wasn't great. And then we, we kept hearing about Vincent Gray being the best corner on the team. And I, I don't doubt it. I mean, we're not, we're not privy to practice. We're not there. So kind of go off what the coaches are saying. So I, you know, I trust him in that regard, but he's really got to step up and become that guy, that leader and just get better as, as a corner. And, and I think if everything goes to plan and if they can run this defense, the way McDonald wants to, and, and, and takes some of the pressure on the defensive backs, I, I think you'll see an improved group, how improved remains to be seen. But with, the, you know, with Daxton and, and Brad Hawkins there at safety, I, I think there's there's some cautious optimism there. You got two of the better safeties in the Big Ten. Daxton Hill, we've heard referred to as one of the better players just on the defense and on the team period just because he's so athletic and so quick. Um, if you can put those guys in the right position, they can make plays and create turnovers. I think that's how that's how Michigan succeeds this year is, is creating turnovers. Yeah, we, we could see a little bit more of DJ Turner at, at cornerback this year too. Jamon Green had had high praise for, for Turner when he, when he spoke to me to hear last week too. And he's a guy who got thrown in, in a couple games last year and, and struggled mightily in his limited time, but another guy that is another year under his belt and yeah, they, they need some more depth and, and more production from, from the cornerbacks most definitely. So. We've heard a lot this off season about nickels. You know, we've heard Brad Hawkins playing the nickel. We've heard Andre Selden. We've heard, I think, Dax Hill. We've heard a lot of nickel talk this year. And it's and we've heard it in the past. I mean, it comes up every offseason. But I, I start to wonder if they're going to utilize it maybe a little bit more than Don Brown did, which would set up, you know, a 4-2-5 scheme, which would, I think, 
you know, it would, it would change some things. You, you know, you can go with three or four, you can go with three or four down linemen up front. You can drop an end back to create three linebackers in the middle. There's a lot of things they can do to try and kind of masquerade their, their deficiencies. I thought they could have done a little bit better job last year doing that. They just didn't do it. So there's, there's things to be had here. They got, they got a lot of depth in defensive backfield, just not a lot of experience. There's a lot, not a lot of guys that played a ton. And I think the more guys you can get in the field, the more experience, the more reps they get, I think the better off they're, they're going to be, you know, down the road. Like I said, at the beginning, it's going to take some time. This isn't going to, this isn't going to be great overnight. It's going to take, take some time. You got to be patient and we'll see how the, how the progress goes. Yeah. If you're expecting uh 11 and one, 10 and two season next year. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't think the expectations should be that high uh, yet, but I mean, it's, it's a build, it's a building process. And uh, I mean, it's, it's really tough to tell at this point, a lot of, a lot of practices still to be had before the, the season opener uh, mission has a, f- a few tune up games here this year with, with now the non-conference games are back. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if uh, what, how things transpire here over the next few months. Yeah, and it's important to remember, you know, you have both sides of the ball, but specifically the defense. I mean, they've got pieces there. I mean, we've talked about Aiden Hutchinson. You know, we've talked about, you know, Daxon Hill. There's some talented guys over there that that know how to play the game. They're good at what they do, and, and they can really help this defense. Now it's kind of about, you know, identifying the weaknesses, and I think we all know where those are, and and, and hiding those and helping those and putting it all together as a unit. And, and I think that's where you're successful. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, there's – there's more what there's even more weapons over there. Now it's about becoming, I think, a cohesive unit and, and putting it all together. You know, you're we're in year three of Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator. Yes, I, I you know, I think you get kind of a pass for last year being, you know, given the season that was cut short and so many injuries and the like. But this is the time where he's got to put together. There, there's there's really no excuse at this point. You've had a couple of years to bring in your guys and recruit guys and develop a quarterback and the like. They have pieces there. They got to put it together and, and outperform the defense because in years past, you know, the, the offense has been the problem for Michigan. The defense played well, relatively well. Now they, they'd have stumbles and they'd play poorly in certain games like Ohio State, but it was the offense that was always lagging. This year, the offense has to put it together. And, and I think that's where it sets up for this, this fall camp. There's a lot, lot to pay attention to. Um, it got some, you're going to have some interesting position battles. I'm sure some injuries will pop up as they always do. And then you got the interesting, uh, you know, who's going to take uh, who's going to take the first snap at quarterback. And, and pay attention to that transfer portal this this offseason, too. I, I wouldn't say that the roster is completely set heading into next year, too. So we'll, we'll have plenty of news and analysis here throughout the offseason. And we appreciate you listening to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>